This is TM Camp, and you're listening to the podcast edition of my novel, Assam and Darjeeling. Book Two, The Winter Palace. Chapter 11. After a while, Winterly got up and washed her face, patting it dry with a dish towel. I'm sorry, she said to G. It's been a long time since I've had anyone to talk to. G didn't know what to say, so she kept on petting the cat and scratching behind his nubby little ears. She wondered if he knew his ears were gone. He probably didn't. She wondered if the other cats made fun of him. She got up and went to the door, peeking out through the little curtains. There weren't any cats on the porch, but there were fresh tracks in the snow all around the green plate, which was, of course, empty. The food's all gone, she said, turning to Winterly. The queen leaned against the sink, an odd expression on her face. What? Nothing, the queen said. I was just thinking how much I'm going to miss you. Again, G didn't know what to say. Things had gotten comfortable so quickly she'd forgotten, of course, that she had to leave. The cats ate all the food, she said again, lamely. She should have said more, but she didn't trust herself to speak. That's a good thing, Winterly nodded. There aren't as many as there used to be. Sometimes I'm afraid I'll go out one day and all the food will still be there. And the next day. And the next. Should I put some more out? No, said Winterly. They'll just get fat and lazy. The queen's clothes suddenly rippled and shifted, and in a twinkling she was wearing a grass hula skirt and a necklace made of flowers and two artfully placed coconuts. She looked down at herself, and then at G. If you laugh... No, G answered, carefully. Winterly wrinkled her nose. You know, sometimes... Sometimes you just have to wonder. How do you do that? G asked. Do what? G gestured to the queen's latest outfit. Your clothes. How do you make them change? You came here on the river, yes? Winterly did a little hula dance, shimmying slowly across the kitchen and then back the other way. G nodded. Part of the way. The queen waved her arms in the air at waist level. Did you come on the boat or... No, the other guy wouldn't let us on. Why not? G shrugged. I don't know, because he's a jerk store. Winterly kept hula dancing. You didn't give him your coin? We didn't have one. Didn't you? Winterly frowned, arcing her hand upwards over her face like two serpents climbing in the air. She shook her head. Well, you don't always have to pay. Sometimes you can get him to bend the rules. Well, he wouldn't. He was still a little mad about it. Did you ask nicely? She rubbed her nose with the back of her hand. Kicked him in the shins. Ah, 
Winterly said, spinning in place on one foot. That probably wouldn't work too well. Gee shook her head. Not too well, no. Well, maybe I can pull some strings to get the two of you on for the trip back. You mean the three of us, Gee corrected her. My brother and me and our mother. Winterly smiled softly and closed her eyes, letting her head fall to one side as she swayed to the unheard music. Yes, that was what I meant to. That is what I should have said. Can you get us on the boat? Maybe. Winterly opened her eyes, still swaying. The river is... water is a powerful thing. Her body twisted through the air in a fluid, elegant motion. We're mostly water. These bodies of ours are full of it. It's what keeps us going, what holds us together. Without it, we're just a small pile of dust and chemicals. Suddenly, her clothes shifted again, like a field of grass waving in a sudden blast of wind, and she looked down with disappointment. Shoot, she said, inspecting the dark red t-shirt and black jeans that suddenly appeared. Just when I was starting to have fun. She went over to the table to collect their cups. Anyways, we are underwater, infused with it from our heart to our eyes. And our eyes are especially sensitive to water being mostly water themselves. Vitreous humor, they call it. So they can't help but leak a bit from time to time. Uh-huh. She didn't want to let on that she had no idea what the queen was talking about. Winterly set the cups in the sink and rinsed them one by one, speaking over the sound of the running tap. And it's not just us. Have you ever seen a globe? It's all water, isn't it? The world? There's a few scraps of dirt here and there, but all it really takes is one good long rain for it all to go under. She held up one of the cups and shook it, throwing drops of water around the kitchen. Every drop within you and around you, in the earth and the air, it's all water, and it all changes and shifts and flows. Here, Winterly took a pale blue dish towel from a drawer and tossed it to G. Your turn to dry. I'm going to keep talking. G went to the sink and got to work on the cups. That's the shape of our world, the queen said, leaning against the counter. It's all water, and we're just caught in the current, pulled along by the tides around us and the ones within us, under the influence of our silver sister once and for always. But even she is inconstant, unreliable and uncontained, always shifting, always changing. And so we change with her. Her clothes rippled and shifted once more. See, she said to the girl, I told you so. Hopefully this one will change soon. She fingered the fringe hanging on the leather vest and pants. It's not really me, is it? G shook her head, utterly lost. I don't understand. You asked about my clothes. Yeah. The queen gestured towards the window. That river out there. It's called Lethe. And some people say that when the dead finally make their way here, they're given three sips from a silver cup full of water drawn from the river. <laughs>
What happened? Did they drink it? The queen nodded sadly. They do, yes. What happens? They forget. They forget what? Winterly took a breath, as though she were about to jump in the deep water and expected to be under for quite a while. Well, the first sip rinses the taste of words from their mouths, so they'll be quiet. Why? Winterly shrugged. I suppose it's because there's a lot of them, the dead, and they'd probably make a lot of noise otherwise. G frowned. But they can talk. I've heard them. Can they? Winterly seemed genuinely surprised. Maybe so, but the second sip soaks their breath and weighs it down. G reminded herself not to ask questions, or else she'll never find out how things ended. And the third sip... Here, Winterly hesitated a moment, lost in thought. Your Majesty? I asked you not to call me that, the Queen said softly, still drifting in her own thoughts. What does the third sip do? The Queen shook herself, like someone waking from a bad dream. What? What does the third sip do? It drowns your heart, Winterly said, quietly, looking away, and washes everything from your life that you ever loved or cared for. Why? Why would anyone want to do that? So they won't be unhappy, I suppose. She thought about this for a moment. Did you do that? Do what? Winterly asked, although G could tell she understood the question. Did you drink from the river? Winterly pursed her lips. No. But there was a time... She stopped, inspecting the palms of her hands. There was a time when I thought I might. She laced her fingers together and flexed her knuckles, cracking them like fireworks. But in the end, I didn't. I just couldn't. What changed your mind? I don't know that anything changed my mind. I just decided it was better to remember and be sad than forget and be happy. G went and looked out the window. The snow was falling heavier than before, and she couldn't see the river. She turned back to the queen. Do the ducks drink from the river? Winterly smiled. They're swans, dear, and yes, they do. They live their whole lives on the river, they swim in its waters, they eat the fish, and, I suppose, they drink from it as well. So that's why they can't remember what color they are, she told the queen. Right? Winterly smiled, but she didn't say anything. What color are they? G asked. I mean, what color were they before? The queen flicked a piece of lint off of her vest. I couldn't say. I doubt they even know anymore. That's kind of sad. 
I suppose it is, Winterly said, but it's true. She nodded absently. She inspected the queen, looking her up and down. I still don't see why your outfits change. Winterly smiled. Well, you have to want to see it. She put her chin in her hand and thought for a moment. After a while, she realized that she wasn't actually thinking anymore, just pretending to think, so the queen would see how hard she was trying and just tell her the answer. And, having realized that, she decided to start thinking for real. She sat up, put her fingertips against her left eyelid, an unconscious imitation of her father. Your clothes, she said. They're not alive. No, the queen answered, the hint of a smile in her voice. So they can't drink the... She opened her eyes. The queen's clothes had changed again. Now she looked exactly like the witch in Snow White, only prettier and with a kinder face. You can't control it, can you? Winterly shook her head. She rubbed her left eye gently. She stopped, looked at the queen. You wash them in the river, she said triumphantly, don't you? Again, Winterly shook her head but she was smiling now. G almost gave up. Then a thought in the back of her head raised its hand, waiting patiently for her to call on it. No, she said. You don't. But your servants do, don't they? Winterly nodded, smiling. Very good. Your clothes don't remember, G said with a flash of pride not color or style. So they change like the ducks, the geese, I mean. I'm so glad you came to visit, Winterly smiled warmly. We should plan to do it again sometime, as soon as possible. I'd like that, he replied. The queen laid her hand on the girl's arm and gave it a gentle, friendly squeeze. So would I. She smiled. It never occurred to her to think about what that might actually mean. Had her brother been with her, he might have told her. You've been listening to Assam and Darjeeling, written and performed by T.M. Camp. A new chapter from the book is available each week, free to download at the iTunes Store. To find out more about Assam and Darjeeling, to read my weblog, or to send me your questions and feedback, visit my website at www.tmcamp.com. I hope to hear from you. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you soon.
This podcast was written, performed, and produced by T.M. Camp and may not be copied, distributed, transcribed, or otherwise reproduced without his express written permission. Before requesting permission, check with your doctor to find out if Assam and Darjeeling is right for you. Some listeners have reported cases of drowsiness, confusion, or extreme paranoia. Assam and Darjeeling has also been known to cause dementia and hallucinations in some younger listeners. If you or your children experience any of these symptoms, discontinue use immediately and contact a medical professional as death may be imminent. Unless otherwise noted, all contents of this production are copyright 2008. T.M. Camp. All rights reserved.